No, we're gonna do it. Yeah, the year. The, what's the date again? The year is 2008. It's the 24th of May, one day after <laughs> Greg's mother's birthday, who we just called today. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I talked to her yesterday, and I forgot to tell her happy birthday while I was talking to her. If only we'd had a show, we could have reminded you. Yeah, it reminded because last year yeah, you like called right year. before midnight doing the show. I think on her anniversary. Oh, October anniversary. 10th anniversary date. Oh crap! What's the just point another of date now? of his mother's that he forgets. <laughs> but anyway, it is the day after Greg's mom's birthday. Happy birthday to Greg's mom! It's Memorial Day Can weekend. You tell us to Greg's mom. To Greg's mom. Happy birthday, Mrs. G. And you're wasting away on the North Coast. <laughs> and he means all everybody, not just Mrs. G. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody listening is right. And I'm uh, Migo Shmo. And Greg. And Mickey. And the setting, where are we? We are sitting on uh, Amigo Schmo's deck, my deck, I'm in the third deck. person. D-E-C-K. Did deck. I say it? Deck? Uh, not much of it. Deck, I did blow it off today, real quick. <laughs> Start off with The this. year is still 2008, it's still the 24th of May, and you're still wasting away on the North Coast. And I'm still Amigo Schmo. Greg. Mickey, cactus Mike, yay! The setting, where we're at, we're uh, we're at Amigo Schmo's <laughs> house. house. Casa de Schmo. Who's that? Who's that cool guy that lives here? <laughs> that intelligent, good-looking guy. Casa de Schmo. You stumped me. We're at the wrong place then. <laughs> we're at my house. That we were on the deck earlier, and I'm saying that I don't know if we we'll have any. <laughs> if that recording survives. Yeah, I mean, we thought that'd be cool sitting out on the deck. It was nice, but it was just so noisy out there. Two doors but down, they were like <laughs> kids playing basketball. the shit out of their garage door. But uh, we wanted to uh, get this podcast started just to make up for the last podcast because it had so a little Buffett content, like which is weird for a Jimmy Buffett podcast. So uh, before it gets too late, we wanted to get uh, get some more Buffett content out there on our podcast. And we want to do our fantasy set lists. Our ultimate set lists, our ultimate concerts, and get them done before we actually see them the next time live and in person. It's going to be a tall order. We, we got two more after this. Yeah, we got two more weeks. Two more potential shows. Although one of them conflicts with the bikers, and we're all scared we're of the bikers. Their, we already said Mike is going to kick their ass. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. He's dealt with a jumping cactus. That's right. Hey, walk up to the toughest looking biker, hold his hand up, and say, You know where this finger's been? <laughs> you don't want to see the back of my hand. So, uh, I think we're going to go back to the pulpit. Receive the gospel from the cult. Okay, yeah, I got it. I did some research last week, and I, I really want to get this uh, information out here before it gets too old. But uh, a couple episodes ago, I think it was episode 68, we did the audio montage of the St. Louis and Dallas shows. So we might as well just dive in and do the next two shows from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina and the uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest. Jimmy also performed a concert between those at the Margaritaville Cafe, but ironically, the show that I assumed was a, was a shoe-in to be broadcast on Radio Margaritaville wasn't. But uh, here's the, uh, here are some highlights from the Charlotte Show and New Orleans Jazz Fest. I'm loving this stage setup this year. It's, it's really comfortable, and, uh, and we're having a good time. And again, it's after all these years of doing this, you know, uh, the trick for us is to try to 
you know, simply make it a great evening of entertainment, though a lot of people like to hear the same songs over and over again, that doesn't bother me at all. And I get enough time in there to, to throw a few little tricks and to do, to go through this, uh, you know, the simple fact that we are still here and have been here so long, there is a lot, a lot of stuff out there. I cannot believe I can remember this show. So the biggest thing about putting these shows together is to go in and stay true to the moment and the evening that everybody wants and at the same time look for the same energy in a variety of songs which we now have going back all these albums and all these years so so far it's worked and i think we can keep it going so was that still at the news the big news for may was the release of jimmy buffett's novel a novel pigtail swine knot and coinciding with the release of that on may 13th were two appearances on television jimmy appeared on the today show and about i don't know 45 minutes to an hour later raced over to the abc studios to appear on live with regis and kelly and we've got uh, some excerpts from both those interviews so I'll play those now, too. You know, it was fun getting into the mind of a pig and, 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 and being able to observe humans. I love the, the first line, which was Helen's lines, which is, humans are hard to raise. <laughs> I, when you take off yes, from there. Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, we all know that. So, uh, well, Helen, you, you, you inspired the true story because you moved to New York. Mm-hmm. You lived in a really nice hotel here. We better not mention it. I'm not mentioning the name. Oh, but come on. You had a pig. <laughs> yeah. Pig, the hotel never knew. It nah. lived there with the children and me. And, and how, how could you do that? How could you? We smuggle the pig in and out. It wore a dog suit when it was on the street. <laughs> <laughs> it was box trained, and no one ever knew. So what time have you finally moved out of the hotel? It got so big, it <laughs> continued to grow, and my my beloved ex-husband could no longer lift the pig. So we we had to. Uh, <laughs> it was a skateboard. Is how we finally got out. 
I'm still in my workout costume. Don't you love Jimmy Buffett? Yes. Not a care in the world. Look at him. I'm petrified. Mm. I thought you were going to have me on the workout segment. Well, listen, that can be arranged. If you yeah. want to take no, no, your no, shirt off, we'll him. get that ball back out here. When was yeah. the last time you took a good workout, Jimmy? I, I surfed Sunday in Montauk. Oh, did you? Really? Mm. Good for you. It was yeah. cold. Montauk yeah. is yeah. great surfing. I know. So, Jimmy, this is book. I mean, you know, people are going to say, well, it's made up. Nobody can hide a pig at the Carlisle Hotel. Well, that's what I thought. Well, Helen Bransford, who is a friend of mine, told me this. It was a very small story. I was just going to be the editor at the point, and I got so interested in the story. And again, yeah, at the Carlisle. I mean, you know, it's like, sure. I mean, you know, to go through... Uh, I really wanted to bring the pig to town and go try to check in the Carlisle, but, you know, <laughs> just to see what they do. But, so you've seen the pig. Well, this is news to them. They never knew this, so when you said it, now we're talking about it being the Carlisle. It's going to be pretty neat. I uh, saw the Today Show one, but I, I haven't seen the Regis and the Kelly one yet. Same here. Yeah, I thought... Except for what I just heard. The, uh, the Today Show one, the Today Show one I thought was a lot better because, because they had the pig there. The uh, pig in question yes. was there. And... Uh, and it got a little ornery there at the end. <laughs> and uh, the thing that I thought was the funniest was was uh, they were taking pains on the Today Show. They were taking pains not to mention the name of the hotel where this actually took place, where the, where the pig was actually smuggled in and lived. But on the Regis show, like a minute in, Regis just drops the name of the hotel. And, and uh, Jimmy reacted to it like, oh my gosh, I didn't know we were allowed to say that. But then, I, but ironically... The name of the hotel is in the introduction to the book, so it's not like it's that big a secret. So there you go. Also on the same day, May 13th, was the DVD release of Saturday Night Live's Season 3, which is the season that Jimmy appeared uh, performing Son of a Son of a Sailor. And uh, I'm renting the DVDs right now. I'm only up to disc 3, and he hasn't appeared yet. I believe he's on episode 19, which is the second to last show which is probably going to be the second to last disc, which would be disc six, because disc seven is all the extras. So for those of you renting it from Netflix or Blockbuster Online, if you really want to just jump to the Jimmy stuff, you can just rent disc six. I think. I can't confirm that, because I haven't gotten that far. And the week after that was the release of Sonny Landris' album From the Reach on May 20th, and that's the album that that uh, Jimmy appears on appears with Dr. John on the song Howlin' Moon. And I listened to the... Have you heard any of it? Nope. No. I heard the sample on iTunes. And you can really hear Dr. John, but you can't... I couldn't tell if what I, the voice in the background was Jimmy's or not. It kind of didn't sound like him. So, so no, I personally can't confirm he's on it, but reportedly that's the song he's on. How old is Dr. John? And I didn't want to actually commit to paying the $1.29 for the iTunes Plus version. Um, Sonny Landreth performed that one song at the, uh, Houston, Houston, Houston show. He performed that song, and at the time I was, I was, I was, uh, going on and on about how he never introduced the song. We had no idea what the song was. But now that the album's out, it's easy to tell that the song that he did play was the first track on the album, and it's called Blue Tarp Blues. And I like it. I still like it. Screw you guys. No, hey, wait. All you Sonny Landreth haters are wrong. I, I like it. it. I'm not a Sonny Landreth hater. I like all this. Every song was, was good. I liked it. I'm with Vic on that song, but especially the second song he played. The day after, May 21st, the date of our big episode 69A Roger Klein Love Fest, um, Jimmy appeared on Late Show with David Letterman. And I would have bet money at the time that he was not going to perform a song, but they, I guess they talked him into it and he performed 
uh, Volcano during the show, and he also performed Bama Breeze as a special website exclusive on the CBS.com website. I mean, because uh, writing music uh, is the, the same mechanism when you're writing the song lyrics is the same as, I mean, you're telling a story one it, way or the other. It is. I mean, I think, you know, starting with songs, you've got, you've got a, a small amount of space and time to do a lot of work, so you're compressing. So when you go into short stories or, or longer prose or, or fiction, I find that I got a lot more area to paint with, and plus you can make anything happen. I mean, if Godzilla wants to eat Manhattan, you can, and it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> so you can go out there, you know, you can really let your imagination go and, a and, long and way. And th this one, uh, a pig is featured prominently in, yeah. in this uh, work. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had, when I went and wrote the book, I went, oh my God, at the end of this book, there's no seaplanes, there's no pilots, there's mm. no damsels in distress. It's, it's a pig. <laughs> and uh, and I, the characters better be good and the story better be good, and it was. And, the, and when I first heard it, it was a friend of mine who was asking me for some help. I read it, and I just thought, you can't make this up, that a couple sneaks into the Carlisle Hotel with a pig disguised as a dog and lives there for two years. I mean, come on. Pig disguised as a dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could run with that. Not the first pig at the Carlisle. <laughs> uh, and looking into the future, finally, we're done with the old news that's already happened. Looking into the future, June 3rd, Tuesday, is the release of a brand new, newly announced DVD called Scenes You Know By Heart with... Uh, it's supposed to be a companion piece to uh, to the Songs You Know By Heart CD, Greatest Hits compilation. And it's uh, videos of Jimmy's so-called favorite performances. And it looks like, by my count, 9 out of the 15 songs are previously available. So, I don't know. I'm probably going to buy it. But I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it or even watch it. Well, you need to get a, another copy of Margaritaville. You just have to. Mm -hmm. I know. I might have to buy it, too. <laughs> but it looks like pretty much everything is from Live, <coughs> live in Anguilla or Live at Wrigley Field or uh, the Live in Hawaii DVD or... Um, Most recent stuff. The Mini Matinee DVD. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really convenient how Jimmy's favorite performances are all within the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I really thought that Jimmy videotaped more of his concerts. I thought, like, he had a private collection of... Because I thought way, way back. Yeah. But anyway, and um, two days after the release of Scenes You Know By Heart, Jimmy kicks off the second leg of the tour. He's back on tour with the Coral Reefers in Atlanta on, on Thursday, June 5th, and Saturday, June 7th, they perform in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tuesday, June 10th, they perform in our very own Yay. Pine Knob. Hey. We'll be there. He's within our shores at last. And uh, Thursday, June 12th, he's at Madison Square Garden. And Saturday, June 14th, he's in Philadelphia. And that, that uh, wraps up the second leg of the tour. And Jimmy takes another month off and won't be back till the middle of July. And at long last, that is the gospel from the coast. Hey. Okay, That's a good way to wrap up the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> this is a uh, this is edit point. We need to talk about swine knot, though. We should talk about it. Because that's the big news. But first a word of explanation. It was at this time the recording was paused briefly, while the boys watched the three interviews. During the Regis interview, Gray caught everyone by surprise when he blurted out that he wanted to sniff Kelly Reba's armpit, presumably because she was still wearing a workout outfit from a previous segment. This was such an unexpected and verging on downright creepy glimpse into Greg's personal peccadilloes that the boys of course had to make mention of it for the rest of the night. And now, back to the podcast.
All right, are we on the air? Oh, yeah, we're back on the air for part two. All right. Part two, here we go. It's still... No, you don't need them. <laughs> please, please, please. There's supposed to be like a seamless edit here. We're not doing the okay. second shift. <laughs> you're going to get great coffee, just like you was before. Let's cut those two he together. You must have just smelled someone's armpit. <laughs> no, holy Kelly. <laughs> Only after a workout. After a workout. Like I said, you're close to the boob then. All right. So that was cool. Seriously, what were we talking about? So why not? So why not? So, as a good <laughs> Buffett podcast it always does, we all went out and bought so why not and read it all by now, right, guys? Yes. Well, maybe one of us. <laughs> well, one of us was assigned Our to, leader. To, Our leader. to get the book right away since he was in, you know, he didn't go out of town or anything and uh, read so why not. I have to admit, I uh, was not looking forward to getting the book. Um, it really sounded like Jimmy was completely oblivious to the fact there's already a movie called Babe, Pig in the City, and he was going to like retell the story on his own, not knowing that it had already been done. But then seeing the interviews and finding out that this is based on true events, uh, uh, especially on the Today Show interview, where the, uh, the woman, Helen Bransford, was there with the pig, the pig in question. And uh, she was saying how they lived at the Carlisle Hotel and had to smuggle this pig in to live with them and had to disguise it as a dog to get it in and out of the hotel. And right then and there, I'm thinking, this actually could be kind of entertaining. That's a really unique story. This, this could be a pretty good book. And so I talked myself into buying it, and I read it in like a day and a half. I did, I, it took me a whole week to actually go buy it. But I read it. I finished it just minutes before the recording of the last podcast on Wednesday. <laughs> and um, I'm back to my for no reason. I'm back to my original opinion of it really seems like Jimmy wanted to rewrite Babe a Pig in the City <laughs> along with a lot of ratatouille and I'm sure there's some some other uh, cliched children's stories in there too. But I really did not like it. So Ooh. So it's up to you guys if you want to buy it just to complete your uh, Jimmy Buffett book collection. But I would not recommend it. I didn't think it was entertaining. I didn't think it was written all that well. And and in the interviews, Jimmy goes on and on about how this wasn't a story about pirates or boats or sailing. It, but it was a great story that, that um, came to him instead of him going out to it. But the thing about the book is the introduction starts with him learning about this story from Helen Bransford. And he goes out early in the morning to watch the sunrise with a cup of uh, English tea and he's standing on the shoreline he's looking at the water as the sun rises and he's he's admiring this newly bought boat that he's got that's the best part of the book the part that's about the water and the sunrise and the boat that's the most evocative part of the whole book is the introduction where he talks about deciding to write the book so it's like he should have stuck with the sailing and and the beachcombing and all that Sorry, we just had an awesome goal. Just... <laughs> Schmo is presenting Short his armpits goal. to Greg. Yeah, Smell <laughs> <laughs> my Greg's... armpits, he says to Greg. Greg's cons- Greg is considering it, although Joe no. just hasn't worked out. Though. Joe hasn't worked out, and he's not Kelly. <laughs> well, that's untrue. I did work you out. He's not Kelly. I didn't put any pictures on but um, Buffett News reports that Jimmy's book sold well in its first week. USA Today shows it at number 17 on its bestseller list. Amazon had it at 25, but as we record this, it's uh, dropped to number 34. And Barnes & Noble doesn't show it nearly as well, showing it 
at down down at the bottom of the list at number 197. Ooh, wow. So, so either Barnes and Noble's readers are more discerning, or nobody's buying from Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, unless it's yeah. And uh, speaking of Barnes and Noble, Buffett News already featured the fact that Jimmy had shot a video from Am- Amazon's book listing, but Jimmy also shot a video for Barnes and Noble. Or more accurately, the videos are mainly the same, but have different introductions that are specific to the vendor. So if you want to see both versions, you have to go to the barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. I did see the Amazon one. Yep. He talks about the Kindle and the Amazon one. And in the the Barnes & Noble one, he just says, Hey, whenever I'm on land, I always go to Barnes & Noble and look for books. But uh, I did not care for it. Unfortunately. Every time, as I was reading it... Yeah, it's, it's like a young adult book. But I really don't know. I'd be interested in what kind of young adults are, are interested in that book. Yeah, the pig in the city type thing. It's a big deal. And the thing is, it's everything's so nice. Everything. It's like my complaint was a salty piece of land where everything falls into place. Some guy, something happens and somebody needs 20 bucks and then immediately the guy next to him goes, you need 20 bucks? Here's 20 bucks. I found 20 bucks the other day and I don't know what to do with it. Here, here's 20 bucks. And everything just falls into place. <laughs> and that thing would do this and then this thing would do that and everybody turns out to be, you know, all in this tiny little circle and everything works out perfectly. And, <laughs> and it all makes sense. It's perfect. <laughs> what? The podcast reaches to stop. <laughs> I was trying to think of another armpit joke. I, I know. So was I. Good grief. Half my brain is being occupied by this. You smell to make one armpit, yeah, you're, you're marked for life. And I didn't even smell the armpit. I'm never going to be able to look at wishing. Kelly Ripa I know. the same way again. Exactly. Think of her I'm not kidding. <laughs> I win. Just like I told the kids, too, about Greg and the whole monkey thing, how Greg loves monkey. And every time they see monkeys on TV... <laughs> Every Greg time love this show. <laughs> Every time here too. Every time. I had old news here. You know. Well there's also something else that we haven't yeah, mentioned we yet. That we, set list, we really uh, we really glossed over at the beginning of the show the fact that we're a man down this week. We were oh, supposed to have that's somebody cool. with us. We're doing a special He's got other plans apparently. We uh, more important things to other do. Other plants, apparently. Ooh. <laughs> well, cactus Mike. I mean, yeah, of course. I am in tune with he cactus Mike. Into horticulture. <laughs> I hope those pansies are just looking just pretty. Pansies. It's interesting. Hey, that's good. The Greg came. Oh, he's doing pansies. his night planting this evening, isn't he? And yeah, that's maybe why he's can't putting join. A, like, uh, yeah, moonflowers and stuff like that. <laughs> Apparently that's the time to do all your planting is at night. My mom has some. Well, yeah, like the REM song goes, gardening at night. That's what Scott's doing. He can podcast with us. We we podcasted between 5 p.m. and probably midnight by the time we finish. And Scott couldn't join us because he's planting, which is the opportune time to plant. Memorial Day weekend, when it starts to get dark. That's when you plant. (laughs) So Scott didn't join us. And, uh, so we are a man down. That's he was supposed correct. to describe his ultimate set list for us. But we're not going to go over it. We know what the set list is, but we want him to describe it. Correct. A little more yeah, details. we really wanted to. That's why we've been holding off on this for keep three weeks now. Why don't we so start? Do we why don't we list? finally do Listener Ed's Thank you. ultimate set list? All right, so Listener Ed came up with this idea, and he went more like the set list you want to see, the concert you want to see. 
not just the set list, everything you want, the way you want to see it. Well, so he's he got everything he, in here. He, he did the, write us, I should say. He's I, got the uh, pre-show, like, uh, warm-up, the songs to... to uh, he's challenging us he's to come up with even more. The think outside the box. He says, gents, now that Jimmy is gearing up for a new concert season, he started already, I thought about the songs I would like to hear at the next concert I go to. Listed below is my ideal Buffett Ultimate Concert. I would be interested in hearing what you would like to hear at your own Ultimate Buffett Concert. Thanks, Listener Ed. And we're interested, too. We just can't come up with it. <laughs> but we will before we go to see him. So instead of gearing up for a new concert season, we're gearing up for to see him live here on the North Coast the first time in a couple of years at what we still call Pine Knob. So Listener Ed comes up with, first of all, music prior to concert, Babylon by Bus, Bob Marley. Is that one it's an album. album by his? So cool, he picked out an album to hear prior to the concert, I guess. I would assume while he's tailgating in the parking lot. No, no, uh, it's the songs no. that are playing in the venue. Oh, the songs that are playing in the venue. Yes, you're right. I like Hot, Hot, Hot. He's got that. Which yeah, is then, it, for then it continues on for Jump in the Line. Smells goofy. <laughs> no, I, uh, I see what he did. I, I didn't prepare for this. Apparently not. Jeez. <laughs> like he's tailgating? <laughs> And I think, didn't he anticipate the return of making music for money? Because I don't think Madeira was performing that yet when... February That's 17th. true, that's true. No, he originally sent this in February. So yeah, there you go. He anticipated the return of making music for money. All right. Making music for money. Call that one. Great Filling Station Hold Up, Pascagoula Run, Meet Me in Memphis, Coconut Telegraph. Meet Me in Memphis, good choice. Yes, like you know, one. now out of that first... What horns were in there? I like... He didn't say he didn't make any, anymore. Yeah, but he does go into Stars on the Water with Josh Leo. Right. Now he he particularly picks out Josh Leo for Stars on the Water, which is I I like that choice because that's from Live by the Bay, basically mm-hmm. that era. The original version of Florida. Yeah, apparently he doesn't like the new version. And then he throws in, <laughs> and Buffett throws us a curve and helps on plays cliches in Listener Ed's okay. Ultimate. Which is nice. Which yeah. is a uh, Steve Goodman song. Mike, is it I know Mike. And the next song is a rarity too. South American. Yes. He doesn't mention anything. Let's pretend. Now we did. We did hear State. South American yeah. before. Remember? Mike and I heard Brian Wilson Ooh. sing it. Yeah. In Cleveland. And it was oh. very good. Very good. It was Cleveland, wasn't it? Cincinnati, wasn't it? Cincinnati. I was about to say a wonderful. Somewhere Cincinnati. in Ohio. Yeah. It was very good. I enjoyed it. And then, um, if anybody knows Listener Ed at all, I think you would know that he has a kind of thing for Tina Gulson, and uh, I'm on board with that. But anyway, Trip Around the Sun, a duet with Tina. So he's got Tina doing the Martina McBride part here. I, I like the imagination. He, so he, he prefers Tina Gulson to Martina McBride, clearly. <laughs> okay. Then following that up. Well, I'm surprised that the next song comes so early in the set list. This is way goes. before the intermission. This is the ultimate he's set He's throwing list. a curveball. Yeah, yeah, he's really, he's really mixing it up here. That's why. We're still in the first set before intermission. And Pirate Looks at 40 yeah. comes up. We need the kids to you can tell it's a slow song because there's yeah, all this movement in the aisle. Yeah, everybody's going to the restroom. Yeah, here it is. All <laughs> so, hey, we're recording it. I'm it's fired so up to hear this slow song. I want to hear it without all you guys milling around going to the restroom. So... Pirate looks at 40. I appreciate this. It's very early in the set list for this. It's great, though. He I doesn't like it. give any more notes, but I'm thinking the whole band and they're yeah, kind of rocking not? it a little. Why not? They're rocking it. We're trying what? To. It's driving music what? for great. I know. Huh? Instead of that whole... <laughs> well, no, yeah, but if they the rock whole... it, then instead he's not the going to like yeah, it anymore. He's going to fall asleep. That's true. At the wheel. That's true. 
You guys are really too old to look at 40 anymore. We can look back. We can still look at it. It's in our rear view mirror. We can still look at it. I wish I was off 40. And they're closer than they appear. Ages in their mirror appear closer than they are. Yes. I like and the way she said it better, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Greg drones on and on forever. Uh, Next. Pirate looks at four. Oh, no. That was <laughs> hey, there. we just did that. <laughs> I'm getting I'm over 40. Played so. it twice. He played. I can't wait. I wish you could play that yeah. twice. No, listener, I didn't I say that, times. but that would have been cool. One particular harbor. Still in the first Again, kind of early. Yeah. He's really. But that's okay. There's still more to come. And then Jimmy kind of calms things down with 12-volt man. Followed by... Tin Cup Chalice. Yes. A personal favorite. A Roger, favorite Roger Klein. Yeah, favorite oh Roger Klein. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> now the podcast suddenly becomes three hours long with these guys reminiscing about Roger Klein. Remember that time about the cat? Oh, hey, hey, look. Yeah. yeah, who's doing it now? Yes, you'll be laughing when Roger plays with <laughs> yeah, Tin hey, Cup Chalice, huh? In Mexico when I'm there. Yep. And then... Elvis Presley Blues. Now, here wow. I have to disagree with Listener Ed a little bit. I never really cared for this one. He's keeping it slow for I know, two but songs, I and then he's... It. Then, really, this song. And uh, I don't have any problem with song. I like this song. Nah. Yeah, that's song just, just it throws them all off. Now, uh, he goes on at Gypsies in the Palace. Cool. Always a good the concert they're losing in the Palace. Yeah, Jimmy right hasn't done that in a long time. Now that Listener Ed mentions it. Haven't heard that song in a while. Yep. Yeah. Scarlet Begonias in the Pinocchios. Are you saying that? Did I mess that up out loud? Are you texting right now? Begonias. I bet you Scott can say that without a problem. Nah, he's planting. Don't distract him. Begonias. Scarlet. He's planting right now. But could he tell that they're scarlet when it's really dark? So for the first time ever, I bet. Like this song is, begonias this song is being played in the first set. Then we have intermission. And he's got the Sports, but he Illustrated, has a Sports video. Illustrated video showing on the big screen. Then Jimmy comes back on stage and plays Cuban Crime of Passion. Followed by The City. Yep. Interesting. And I picture Mac getting involved in that. Yeah, Maybe even doing thing. it solo. Yeah. Maybe Mac singing. This seems like what, what Jimmy has done before. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Cuban Crime of Passion is going to be like an acoustic version. Just like the city has been an acoustic version. Mm-hmm. Of the past. See, just yep. the two. This is of what them. maybe the listener Ed's and Jolly Mon. Maybe that's what he was getting. Jolly Mon. And then he didn't School by Heart could be the full band version. <laughs> it seems like what has been done in the past. Mm-hmm. But what does Mike think of School by Heart? <laughs> and then grapefruit, juicy fruit, grapefruit, juicy, fruit. <laughs> and growing older but not up. See, that fits in nicely. Exactly. And then Mike's latest favorite. <laughs> Steel drum version and of And maybe Robert this should Sup- be the steel drum version. Steel drum yeah, no, not listener to steel drum version. But I, Mike has become be. enamored with the steel drum version then, because of, was it in Mexico that you heard? No, no, that was in Florida. I heard it oh. in uh, yeah. Madeira Beach, Florida. But he, he brought it to Arizona uh, via the magic the worlds of the are colliding. That's right. Ah, I see. And uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> hey, hey, let's hear it up. Let's give it up to... James Taylor, as he comes on stage and joins <laughs> Jimmy with a version of Mexico. I like this. This is a... Count us in. like this thinking. And maybe, just maybe, James stays on stage for changes in latitudes. Yeah, it doesn't that specify. Cool. It doesn't specify, but what the heck. 
Ragtap Day. Boy, Josh Leo <laughs> yeah, you know, come it, back for Ragtap Day. Fans yeah, he doesn't list. mention Josh Leo here, but I have a feeling Listener would like that version better. But Only if he stumbles over his guitar cord. Or yeah. pulls it out. <laughs> and then Son of a Son of a Sailor, straight from season three of Saturday Night Live. Hmm. And then uh, Dallas. And wow, that's a, that's a different one there, eh? Okay, help me out on the next Dallas. two songs, guys. Who's joining him on stage? The guy that sings Dukes on Sunday. Oh, that's his original song? Okay. Yes. Henry, what, Capono? Capono. <laughs> that's what I was looking it's for. Not, not spelled that difficult. <laughs> well, just making sure it's the guy's that? name's right. Oh, no. <laughs> Could have been Brett Favre. Carparna. Oh, he doesn't even pronounce his name That's right. That's right, me. That's why I wasn't sure. It could have been like that. Someone needs to tell him how to Cart pronounce right. his name. Cartwright. And he stays on stage for Brown Eyed Girl, which is interesting. Why? Uh... And it's the last song of the concert. Yeah. Yeah. Whipping everybody up. Goodbye, everybody. They all bow when he leaves. Yeah. But he those hasn't introduced know, the band. Are pretty sure that he's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> They're just pretending. We know this because we saw Flight of the Concords and they told us they just pretend to go off. So he comes on for an encore and, of course, plays. Oh, well, look who and comes look who walks out them. there at the end of the show. <laughs> it's Jack. amazing. He just happened to be in town and it's Alan Jackson. But you know himself. he's in town until the set ended. And he was busy earlier encore. in the evening, so. Uh, he was doing his own show. He, yeah, he was finishing his own show. This show was delayed by an hour so that Alan Jackson could finish his own show. So Alan could pop in and assist. He on. doesn't say this in the email, but we're just. So Alan joins him and leads on 5 o'clock somewhere. Jimmy's second biggest hit of all time. In fact, Alan opens. Alan opens the whole thing, right? He sings at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So when Alan walks out, the song. And then his first biggest hit of all time, Jimmy's, is also with Alan. Yeah. Which Alan Jackson has also released. Exactly. And uh, all fun is had by all, which is cool. Because I'm going to stop right here and say, listener, it's at least thinking of changing up Margaritaville a little bit. Yeah. Not just your straight ahead, the national anthem. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like throwing in Alan. You know, change it up. Why don't we get drunk? He should like change up Margaritaville a little bit. Well, too. I mean, as long as it, Alan Jackson's already out there, so why not? Yeah, that's true. You got to bring him out there <laughs> for, for that. You might as well. Throw Alan him. stayed all the way to the encore. You might as well. And then Southern Cross. Then we have a cover. Without, now, we haven't had too without many covers, Crosby really. still in that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Crosby Stills is not in the house. Listen, Rachel's great restraint on this one. one of their songs (laughs) anyway. All right. You know, I feel bad because this is great. It's almost like we're we're not making fun of it. Gillian Welch is probably pissed off because she wasn't invited to sing Elvis Presley Blues. (laughs) She's sitting at home. But Alan better be there. And then Volcano. You can say goodbye to everybody. (laughs) She's going to drive that out? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> She's wired out with this dude. She can make it. She take it. Make some horseradish. I just want to put a little bit on a hard boiled egg. <laughs> what? Greg's got her. What? Joe's goals are really, really small. Everyone, don't worry about Joe. <laughs> Let's put a horseradish on a hard boiled egg. All I want is to put a little horseradish on my hard boiled egg. That's, That's all, all I want. want. <laughs> Greg, meanwhile, wants to drive to New York and stick his face in Kelly Ripa's armpit. After she's worked out. After she's worked yeah. out. 
all got Joe. Joe's a that I dug up on his hard-boiled egg. That's all he cares about. Somehow I think that would clear both of our sinuses. <laughs> you have to take a bite. You gotta have lofty goals, Joe. I remarked about this horseradish. Next thing you know, they're making me cut it. Do you have to take, take a bite first? You're doing your planting. Put horseradish on it, or what? Because the horseradish—I just see it's like slide right off the outside of the hard-boiled egg. Not even. Well, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta slice it first. Look, he's got this all planned out. Don't mess with him. It's a lofty goal of his. He's had it for years. I do it It's not fresh. Don't mess, don't mess with his destiny, okay? Put a horseradish in our Oh, my God. Dude, that's, that's how, how else do you eat a hard-boiled egg? <laughs> with salt. And horseradish. And pepper. And salt pepper. Yeah. Salt and pepper and a little horseradish. Wow, what happened there? We were Southern Cross, okay, you know. Oh, but then Buffett ran off. But it's called back for a second. People are going crazy. Because because they've seen so many celebrities on stage. And again, Lister Head ducked back for some hard-boiled eggs with horseradish, (laughs) and he's back out on stage. (laughs) And now Lister Head is showing a little more clairvoyancy. Is that a word? It is now. Clairvoyance. Okay. Shmo's taking the scenic route to finish that (laughs) word. Uh, trying to reason with hurricane season, which he's been playing this tour so far pretty much, I think. The Wino and I Know, a Mick favorite, and Last Mango in Paris. A Greg favorite. And then Come Monday. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite driving song. So now they go off stage, but the crowd is still going crazy. The crowd still wants more. So, again, some clairvoyance from Listener Ed. Yes. Stories we could tell. A duet with Fingers Taylor. Now, does the listener head have a direct line to Jimmy Buffett? No, I mean, yeah, he's really got a lot this of... This was really... Was this really... He's calling this. February, he he's way ahead a lot of, of the, I, I hope he entered this in the... He must be Buffett really... World he must be really contest. pleased with the set list this year. Yes. I'd like to hear from... I haven't heard from listener head in a while. Because we haven't gone through a set list, for God's sakes. <laughs> I wonder if he's even listening to us anymore. He's he giving up, up on us fools. But anyway, there's a spirit. That's what we have to capture. Now that's it, eh? Wow. He put some thought into us. Now this, uh, you know, I like this set list. This would make me happy. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind this at There's all. There's a lot of good uh, stuff on there. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Alan Jackson comes in just for the show, that's fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Josh and Leo. Man. But you know what? I have to say, if Fingers is going to show up, you I would like more than one song. Yeah, I really oh, better be on Pirate Looks at 40. Gotta have him on Pirate Looks at 40. So we done? I think so. I don't think we want to go in the Scots. We need him to do it. Are we done with our uh, makeup podcast? This is the podcast to make up for the fact there was no Jimmy Buffett content in the good, last podcast. I've had a good time. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've contributed enough to Jeez. make up for the fact that I didn't talk about Jimmy Buffett. I don't mind where I, I got to go home. Now. Why, you got to go planting, Greg? <laughs> no. I think my wife hinted at the fact that my daughters are both not in the house right now. She'd like me to come home. She's got two armpits and no waiting. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Tell her to do some push-ups and you'll be right there. (laughs) Short summers, long days, hit the beaches, catch some rays. Hibernate until June, leave it up, it's gone too soon. When you live on the north coast, manage your time. Best three months you gotta get through nine.
That's life on the North Coast That's life